Welcome to another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, big game this week. Another AFC game for the Jaguars. Uh, not the outing they wanted against the Chiefs, but this is the perfect uh, bounce back game. You yeah, know? it's it's you, on paper it is. Yeah, you know, you're paper. nine and a half point favorites, and you know on paper you should just rock the Texans. But historically, Jacksonville has struggled. No matter how talented their rosters have been. The discrepancy in the betting line of the game. Jacksonville has lost so many to the Texans that they should not have lost. They lost last year 13-6 at Everbank Field and a game that they should not have lost. It was the last Mm -hmm. time they failed to score an offensive touchdown until the Chiefs game last week. So what are you going to see? This rivalry has just been so back and forth in terms of you did not expect it to go this way. The Texans won games. There's been Hail Mary games. David Carr jumping over the goal line with you know, time running out to, to get a touchdown. So this game has featured so much that you just did not expect. And what's surprising to me, the Texans hold a 28-14 series lead against the yeah. Jaguar. That just boggles my mind as bad and as inconsistent as the Texans have been that they owned this series. And Texans have won five straight in Jacksonville. I think that ends on Sunday. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, how we think the game's going to go in a second, but let's talk a little bit about that series, specifically the last time they were here in yep. Jacksonville. Last year, Texans came to Jacksonville, and it was a game that many people thought the Jaguars should win, and it didn't exactly go that way. Weren't a whole lot of points scored at the end. The difference turned out to be a Damian Pierce yep. touchdown late in the game. Trevor Lawrence had some missteps along the way. Now, keep in mind, this is a very different Texans team this go around defense has changed a lot offense has changed a lot but that just kind of capsizes or capsulizes uh, this rivalry in a nutshell you know I mean it, it's been that kind of thing where the everybody's like all right well the Jaguars offense should be able to get on track here the Texans only ended up winning three games last year one of them was against yeah. the Jaguars yeah and then you look at that was Trevor Lawrence's 22nd NFL game he struggled, and we know it, it kind of before London, that was kind of the, the separator. You know, everything, to me, I look at that that London game against the Broncos last year. is like, okay, Trevor's a different player after that game. Yeah. And obviously in week five against the Texans at Everbank, he just did not look good. 13-6, to six, you throw a bone, boneheaded interception in the end zone uh, to, I believe, Derek Stingley. Yep. Um, just not a good performance from Trevor Lawrence, and he's still growing again. That game number 22, only his fifth game with Doug Peterson and Press Taylor. Um, and he was different towards the, the, the tail end of the season. We all saw that. But this series, for whatever reason, doesn't matter to the coach, whether it's been Jack Del Rio, whether Mike Malarkey, um, Doug Peterson. Uh, I mean, it, it's just unbelievable to me how lopsided this yeah. series has been in favor of the Texans. Again, three wins last year the Texans had, and one of them was a 13-6 to win over the Jaguars where the defense played great. The offense couldn't get it done. It's just kind of like last week. You, you've been hanging out with Frank Frangie lately because <laughs> this time last year, that's what he would do on Teal the Show each week. He'd, well, this was only his uh, 22nd start, Jamal, uh, so I knew exactly how many starts Trevor made because that was the conversation every Monday and Friday. Uh, all right, so this is, this is a big game, and now the Texans have their rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who's been fantastic. I mean, as of yet, he's been the best rookie yeah. quarterback in the class, which – I guess probably doesn't bode very well for the Jaguars because now there's going to be another good quarterback Mm -hmm. in the division for them to deal with, but that's down the road. This week, he's a rookie quarterback. 
Jaguars are going against their second rookie quarterback. Generally, when you go against a rookie, that gives the advantage to the defense. Yeah, and with how well Jacksonville's defense is playing, look, Texans are young. I mean, Texans use the two and three picks in the draft on uh, what they hope will be foundational pieces. And, and C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, uh, two of the best players in that draft. You know, there were smoke screens before the draft that they could lean somewhere else and bypass C.J. Never thought that was going to happen. Our mocks revealed, uh, kind of revealed that. But C.J. Stroud and the Texans are going to be a force years two and beyond. I don't right. think they're going to be a force this year. I think Jacksonville's defense has played so well. Mm-hmm. We saw it against the Chiefs last week, how much progress they've made. Um, they gave up 17 last week, 14 the week before to the Colts. Remember the other touchdown they scored was uh, scoop and score. Uh, touchdown return on their defensive side, but Jacksonville's defense has played lights out. You're playing lights out against Patrick Mahomes. You saw what you could do against Anthony Richardson, a very talented and physically gifted quarterback in week one. So I think they hems C.J. Stroud in. It would be nice for them to get Laramie Tunzel back. Um, the, the Texans, that big left tackle from Lake City, Columbia, uh, played here. Uh, mountain of a left tackle. He is a great player, one of the top probably five tackles in the league. So you got to get around Laramie Tunzel to get to C.J. Stroud and, and make his life miserable. But I like the way the defense are playing. If you can control and, and contain Patrick Mahomes, you can certainly control and contain C.J. Stroud. Yeah, look, the, the defense has been lights out so far. In a large part, they've had players that are kind of coming into their own. Um, Andre Sisco, one of them, I mean, he's been phenomenal. He was good last year, mm-hmm. but he looks like he's taken another step this year. Just been a, a really good player so far. And we can talk. We can say that about guys like Tyson Campbell as well, mm-hmm. Foye Lewican. The defense is together for another year. And Mike Caldwell has done a good job of, of leading them. And you know what? Now that we're talking about Mike Caldwell, I kind of want to use him as an example of why everybody kind of needs to lay off Press Taylor maybe just a little bit. Because last year, people weren't that happy with Mike. Yeah. Uh, in the offseason, I remember fans saying, look, Mike's not good. The defense isn't good. Uh, the Jaguars should move on from Mike. This is going to be the problem. This will stop us from going to the playoffs or whatever. And the defense is fine. Yeah. Mike Caldwell is in a position where he's leading these guys. And he, last year was his first time calling plays. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time and keep in mind he had a vision for the defense and he was working with what he had yeah now you're two years in so now those players know what he wants what his vision is they've gotten a few more plate pieces mm-hmm. that maybe fit his vision for what the defense is same thing goes for play calling yeah uh, you look at it last year I mean there were Mike you know Mike Caldwell there were the peaks the valley the peaks I mean last year felt like such a roller coaster you know Mike Caldwell middle of the season He's talking about being a potential head coaching candidate, you right. know, and then that end of the season, well, the defense is the leak. It's the problem. Can't stop Patrick Mahomes on a bum ankle. Is Mike Caldwell the guy? Again, first year in the system, you get your players, your starting rookies, starting guys who have yep. not really been um, in that position of leadership before. I mean, Andre Sisco, to get him on the field with Urban Meyer in charge was an act of Congress to to convince that coaching staff that they Andre Sisco could, could play. And we see what Andre Sisco is in, in year three in the system. He looks He's a rising star. So time coming together, um, the, the experience calling plays, familiarizing yourself with that defense, the playmakers. Um, Mike Caldwell was a great example for what Press Taylor can hopefully turn into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the first year Press Taylor's calling plays for four quarters. It will get there again. Offensive line still coming together. You got injuries, new pieces in place, um, suspension to Cam Robinson. So a lot of little things that uh, Press Taylor's having to deal with. I'm not as worried about Press Taylor three weeks into the season um, as some people are calling for his job and Doug Peterson take the play calling back over. Not going to happen. Doug's not going to yank the play calling back if. Uh, from two two games like this. Not going to happen. If Doug could go back and do it all over again, they would have announced the Press Taylor thing at the beginning of training camp, and I'm telling you it would have blown over. 
this would be fine. It wouldn't be a thing at this point in the season. But it didn't happen that way, so they can't take it back. So now they just got to get the offense off and rolling. Now, an opportunity that they have, and I'm, I, I have to, I'm going to walk this line very carefully because I like Shaq Griffin. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy, one of my favorite guys in the locker room. Talk to him all the time. If you watch Channel 4 while he was here with the Jags, you know he popped up a lot because he was always great guy, always willing to talk, always had something to say. A wonderful person. On the football field, probably not the same player he was a couple years ago. Uh, and we saw that the last time that he was in a Jags jersey on the football field was against the Indianapolis Colts. And it feels like that game, the Colts decided our game plan to come back in the game because they were trailing in the fourth quarter. What do We need to go down and, and uh, tie the game up or take the lead? Just keep throwing the ball at that guy. And they just threw the ball at, at Shaq Griffin, Shaq Griffin, Shaq Griffin, Shaq Griffin, and then Alec Pierce... A rookie. Finally put the put the dagger in it, and I just the, the lasting image I have of Shaq in a Jaguars jersey is laying on the field, kind of like this, watching Alec Pierce go into the end zone to score what was the game winning touchdown. And that time. was that was Shaq Griffin's last play in Jacksonville. That was he went his to last after that. play for the Jaguars. And now because of an injury to Derek Stingley, who you mentioned earlier, he's not or Shaq's going to be the one making the start because Stingley's not going to play. So. Uh, that might open some doors yeah. for the Jaguars offense to uh, take advantage of some things. See if Shaq's improved. Yeah, that's and a big that's a big loss for the Texans. Uh, Derek Stingley, one of the better corners in a good draft last year with mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner. Derek Stingley, I mean, a good, good cornerback class last year. And Stingley, that pick last year. And Jacksonville um, in the game, that 13-6 to game. So not having him and then having Shaq Griffin, who Trevor Lawrence and, and some of these guys went up against frequently – in practice uh, the last couple of years. So interesting to that Shaq Griffin is the guy that's filling, uh, filling that cornerback spot this week. I did go back and watch the last time him and Calvin Ridley played, which was when Shaq was still in Seattle. Um, Ridley didn't match up against him a whole, whole lot. We'll see if that changes on Sunday for the Jaguars. Should be an interesting game. All right, uh, picking this game, I think we're probably going to be pretty much on the same page here. Uh, Jaguars walk away with a win, right? Yeah, I think so. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they cover that. Um, I think um, since I've got the – I'm 2-0 this year. Right now, Justin is in the lead. And the reason I stress that is because last year – I think I was three or four and 13, something <laughs> like that. So I was the, the caboose last year pretty significantly. So I have to, to celebrate the small <laughs> victories, the small miracles. And me being 2-0 over this guy is, is a pretty big miracle for me. Now I'm going to come back and I have to find a game to pick up one somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say Jacksonville bounces back big this week. I don't think the Texans are going to be able to, uh, to, to stop Jacksonville. Um, I think they get to C.J. Stroud. I think they – um, frustrate him like they did Anthony Richardson, kind of him, him in a little bit. CJ's had a great start. He's going to be a quarterback feature. He's going to be a, a problem, mm-hmm. um, you know, next year, the year after for Doug Peterson and the guys here in Jacksonville. But I think at this stage right now, I don't think we're going to see a, a repeat of last week or week five last year against the Texans. I think the Jags get things right this week, and I'm going to say 30 to 13 Jacksonville. Look, Calvin Ridley said the offense is pissed off, so that doesn't bode well for the <laughs> Texans defense probably. Um, I think this is going to be a two-score win for the Jaguars. It should be pretty smooth sailing. With that in mind, with that in mind, the question to wrap this thing up, which I think is going to be at least a, a, a better conversation than who's going to win because we already knew where that was going to go. All right, the Jaguars' offense is kind of a pick-your-poison at this point. Week one, it was Calvin Ridley went off. Week two, it was Christian Kirk, even though the offense sputtered. Uh, 
who's the poison for the Jaguars this week, if you will? Oh, man. Yeah, it, see, that's the hard one. It's, and you, you've gone Evan Ingram a couple of times. I'm going to go back to Ingram. I, I'm, waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting for that big breakout game from Evan. Um, he's had two pretty consistent games. I think 47 yards, 55 yards, back-to-back weeks. He's still looking for that first touchdown. I'm going to say he finds the end zone this week for the first time. Um, it is, and you mentioned pick your poison. I mean, it has been really that. I mean, Calvin went off in week one. He was almost invisible in week two. The overthrows and couldn't get his feet down. Um, two catches, 32 yards, eight mm-hmm. or nine targets. Not a good game from Calvin, so you know he's going to want to bounce back in that one. I'm going to say Evan, though. Zay's going to be um, probably a game time or may not even play with the knee injury. Um, so I'm going to say that Evan Ingram, he's that missing piece this week. I keep going back to the Evan Ingram well, the easy <laughs> well. It. So three for three for me, Evan Ingram. I think he's the big guy. I, I, I like that one this week, especially you mentioned Zay's a little banged up, likely not going to play on Sunday, at least definitely not the full game. Um, so that's going to open up the doors for a guy like Evan Ingram to maybe do a few different things than what he's done in the past. Or not, not what different from what he's done, but open up his role a little bit because that's one less mouth that they're worried about feeding. So uh, I do have a different guy, though. I think it's Travis Etienne this okay. week. I went, I went Tank Bigsby last Ooh. week, and he didn't even get a carry. So, um, <laughs> But I do think they're going to try and get the run game going, especially with the struggles for the offensive line. Um, so they're going to try and uh, maybe feed Travis Etienne a little bit, especially if they start to get up in this game early, just run the ball and control the clock and, and, and get out of there with a win. So I'm going to go with Travis Etienne this week. Okay. I think maybe All he right. can have a, a big game. One back last week, another back this week. Hey, I've been consistent. I've been consistent. He, he's been consistent. I'm, I'm, I'm staying in the backfield. I keep saying the offensive line struggling. Got to run the ball, help those guys out. We'll see if Doug Peterson decides to run the ball and help out the big boys up front. Uh, but, you know, hey, Doug's a quarterback by heart, and he's a, a head coach by trade, and Press Taylor going to be calling some pass plays for Trevor Lord, which, you know, we all love to see. So Evan Ingram, Press, Evan Ingram. <laughs> throw the ball to 17. Uh, we'll, we'll see all how it shakes out. It should be a good game. Um, hopefully the Jaguars move to 2-1 and one and 2-0 and oh in the AFC South when it's all said and done. I think that's what we both expect. That's what a lot of people out there expect, and we'll have to just see how the game is played because, you know, the, these games rarely go Never. exactly how they're expected. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us here in the News for Jacks podcast, and we'll see you the next time.